Hello, my name is Pierre Thiam. I'm a chef from Senegal, a restaurateur, a cookbook author. I have a new cookbook, Simply West African. I'm also the chef owner of Teranga Restaurants. We have two locations in New York City and the founder of Yolele, an African food brand. Fun fact, I was a Boy Scout and that's where I first entered the kitchen because in Senegal, Cooking is for women, not for men. And I was in camp and it was my turn to cook. And that day, I overcooked the rice in <laughs> a dramatic way. But now that dish is part of my cooking repertoire. I even have it in my cookbook. I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a podcast that turns to chefs and home cooks with a big question in mind. What is their one? that recipe they make to celebrate all of life's sentimental moments. This week, we're getting emotional with Pierre Thiam. Pierre is a Senegal-raised, New York City-based chef, author, and activist, bringing West African ingredients and culinary traditions to the fore in the West. He founded a company, Yolele, to advocate for African-grown crops that can help fight climate change. But above all, he's just the kind of guy you want to grab a meal with and talk to for hours. I'll let you hear for yourself. Here he is. Pierre, hello. Hello, Jesse. How are you? It's been, what, how many years now? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's been about three years since Easily. we last spoke. We did an interview together for a story um, for some previous magazines, but it's so good to see you again. What have you been up to? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so much. So much. I moved to, to the Bay Area and, then, you know, <laughs> family is here. We brought a new cookbook. That's uh, coming up, yes. And, and, and Lisa, my wife, was my partner on this writing. So that was great. She she was able to, to write stories as I was focusing on the recipes. So uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful collaboration. The kind of things you wouldn't think about if the pandemic hadn't hit and we had all this time <laughs> alone at home <laughs> to come up with a project like this. And and I'm so excited. It's a cookbook on, on West African cuisine and, and made it in a way that it can be more accessible for anyone in the middle of the week, in the middle of America, anywhere, you know, just to demystify it and really realize that it's, it's really more familiar than we think. So I also know that you have been working on that mission for a while. You've been really working on introducing a lot of people to so many of the bounties and different foods that come from different parts of Africa or different parts of the globe. Um, how have you seen people be receptive to, to your mission? Oh, it's been awesome. It's been a great reception, you know, just because it's timely. You know, people are, are mm -hmm. so, so open to not only to diversifying their diets, you know, it, which is key to not only our health, but it's also connected to the health of our planet. We need to, to, to save biodiversity. So we can do, only do that by paying attention to all those underutilized ingredients that are amazing, that are not only delicious, but very nutritious. And they, uh, they're waiting to see their potential unlocked by just bringing them into your kitchen. And, and this, is, this has been great to see people 
not only curious about about that but also curious about other cultures which is what the what food is really food is a bridge between those cultures it's connecting us it's making us be uh realize that we we sharing this one planet it's and it's been so much fun to watch as you've been on this journey for so long too like you've even built a company around this mission too can you explain to people what yolele is and kind of what brought you to pursuing it Yeah, well, Yolele came organically. It's an African food brand. And it came because I realized early in my journey that while I was writing cookbooks, I always had to think of substitutions for some ingredients because they were not in the market. So Yolele became that company that would make those ingredients accessible, but in a way that's impactful not only for the small farmers that grow them, particularly in Africa, but also impactful on the environment. So those are ingredients that are climate-friendly, ingredients that are drought-resistant, ingredients that are not only very nutritious, but they're also great for the environment. The mission really for Yolele is to be that company that brings a platform for, for African food culture. So we started early with an ingredient called fonio, and an ancient grain that you probably have heard about by now, but back then... Five, six years ago, it was quite of a novelty, even though that's the oldest cultivated grain in Africa. And today we have, you know, a nationwide distribution. We have, you know, not only fonio grains, but we have chips, we have all the flavors, we have spices, we have done collaborations with, you know, Brooklyn Brewery to make fonio beer. And now it's going even beyond that. We have a brewery in the UK that's about to launch their fonio beer this coming month. It's just quite an incredible journey. It's, it's, it's beautiful to see that the world is, is receptive to it. Wait, I didn't know that you were getting into the beer game. I didn't realize that you were <laughs> you were trying to party like that. So, 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 like I said, it's been organic, really. The beer game came to me from you know Garrett Oliver, who's at Brooklyn Brewery, who's an, this amazing uh, master brewer, reached out to me like, "Hey, do you actually know that beer are brewed with grains?" <laughs> and actually, beer tradition is very much an African thing. And I was like, uh, "Duh, yes." And he's like, "Let's try for your beer." And he tried it with Brooklyn Brewery, and it turned out to be an amazing beer. And next thing you know, it's like, let's launch a Fonio beer. And we did a Fonio, a Yolele, <laughs> Yolele Fonio beer. We did a limited edition collab with Whole Foods, and it was such a hit. And we're going even beyond that. I'm getting ready to go to Denmark to discuss with Carlsberg about possibly getting even Carlsberg into the Fonio beer game. So it's it's really like, you know, again, organically things happen and, right. and I'm here embracing <laughs> them. And so if we can do great beer and same time save the planet and, and bring economic opportunities to the small farmers, why not? Right. Why, why not have a beer while we're saving the world? <laughs> there <It's> we go. <laughs> Cheers. So, so now I got to know, what is your one? What's your one recipe? My one recipe is one called Sosfei. Sosfei is known uh, around uh, Francophone West Africa. That translates leafy sauce, right? But in uh, the traditional name is Etoje. Etoje in Casamas in the south of Senegal, which is where my family is from. And I, I, it's my one today because that's uh, my dear aunt Mary, who's like, she played such a role in into my 
loving food and to me getting into this career. She's there for me. And I bring people, important people like Lisa. She's, she's there cooking for us. When I took Tony Bourdain to Senegal, as a matter of fact, you can see her on that scene. She's the one cooking the, the Chewujan for, for Anthony Bourdain. So she's really like oh. a, a special aunt to me. So Sosfe is a dish that I, I want to share with you today. Okay, so this is Fouille, spelled F-E-U-I-L-L-E. And it's a French word that means sheet or leaf, which kind of makes sense because this is a meat that's been stewed yeah. in a sauce made from broken down leafy greens. In your book, you definitely call it your aunt's, but you have a story about it that kind of has more to do with Lisa. <laughs> yes, of course, yeah. <laughs> so when, I, when Lisa first came to Dakar, to Senegal, to visit me, we were dating at the time. She was still living in the Bay Area. I was living in New York City, so good long distance dating. I was doing a job for um, uh, the Pullman Hotel. And Lisa came, and obviously I have to take her to Aunt Mary. Aunt Mary's test is, like, important. If you want to bring someone in the family, Aunt Mary has to give her approval. And uh, and she, she she invited us for lunch, and she cooked this dish, the, the sauce fruit. Which is very bold, you know. It's a, it's not a, the dish that you would really expect to see. So I was nervous when Anne Mary presents it to, for for Lisa, and I'm like, oh my god, Lisa is from Japan, so she's used to you know, like different type of presentation, you know, like sushi, you know, like very tiny little, you know, and uh, and now she's having this really hearty stew that's like has the these leaves and the, it smells amazing. I mean, because Aunt Mary has a way to like put all these ingredients like smoked fish, smoked oysters, you know, in addition to the to the beef. It, it, it's like, oh my goodness, when you taste it, it's something else. <laughs> and Lisa tasted it the first time, you know, and had second and third. And I'm like, wait a minute. And you could see, I mean, I know Lisa when she's <laughs> enjoying a meal and you, should, you could see, I mean, Lisa was transported by this meal. Oh my god! So Lisa's uh, normally used to like these smaller dishes, the smaller portions. Here she's she's just going to town. She's She's going to town. She's going to (laughs) town, man. Somehow she she connected that to to the flavors of Japan, you know. And I think that came Mm -hmm. from like the some some of the fermentation, some of the stuff that Aunt Marie uses, and that just that stew is really very very uh, no like. Comfort like food, you know, it, it's, it is comfort food yeah. at its best. And, and that's, that's what she, she connected with. So Lisa loved the dish and Aunt Marie saw that. That's when she gave her approval. I feel like there's always something so universal about our love for like just any dish that takes some time to stew and break down delicate little hunks of meat. Oh my gosh, the stew mm. already. I'm, I'm like salivating. <laughs> so I, I, can you just walk me through the recipe? Yes. So let's <laughs> talk about it. So pretty much Aunt Marie likes to add cabbage, you know, and that's not always the case. You can only use greens. If you just want to use the leafy greens, that's fine. But Aunt Marie's trick, I think, makes it so much more interesting. So she has a cabbage that she blanches, you know, in, in boiling water and salt simply. You just blanch the cabbage for a few minutes until it's soft and tender. And then you remove it and you stop the cooking by shocking it in a bowl of iced water, right? Mm-hmm. And you do the same with the colored greens. But you can use kale. You can use, you know, um, any, any if you have sweet potato leaves or cassava leaves, just go for it. You know, but use anything, any leafy green you want, you know. And if it's like the tender leaves that are not hardy, like the colored green, if you use spinach, you don't need to blanch it. You just go directly because spinach is, cooks much faster. So after mm-hmm. blanching it, 
shocking it in cold water, the same as you did with the cabbage. You squeeze out the water and finally chop it. You know, you finally chop it like a julienne. If you want to put it in a blender too, it's fine. Just chop it. You know, you just make it easy. And then you have your beef shoulder. You just cut it, you know, two sides, two inches about. Saute it in oil in a Dutch oven with oil of your liking. Give it some nice color. And then you add some garlic and onions and ginger and uh, salt and pepper, obviously, to taste. And with a wooden spoon, just stir it. You know, make sure you stir it once in a while. You don't want to burn, especially once you add the tomato paste. You don't want to burn it. You want to stir it slowly. When you add the tomato paste, if you see that it starts to caramelize at the bottom, you you can add a little bit of water or chicken stock, whatever liquid you're using. Add a little bit at a time just to kind of deglaze it so it doesn't scorch and burn. You don't want that burn flavor. You just want just to have the the aroma from the caramelization, that little sweetness. That's also where that cabbage is so smart because you're already bringing in leafy greens that have a little bit more moisture in them even after they've been blanched. Like cabbage loves to hold on to that water even when it's salted. Oh, Oh, that's genius. You know, I want to introduce you to Aunt Marie, man. That's the genius that she has and you're getting it. That's exactly why she wants the cabbage because the cabbage keeps the moisture. So anyway, so when you have that uh, tomato and the onion and the garlic and the ginger and the beef, all of that just cooking, you add your stock now to cover it and you let it cook slowly. Uh, it's like now you're having, it's catching now and the tomato is like really making it more like unctuous and you return the cabbage, the chopped cabbage and the, and the, and the whatever greens, colored greens that you use, you return all of that in that beautiful stew and you let it stew together, all together and it's like so amazing and it thickens, you know, and sometimes you can add peanut butter. I mean, that's like another story. Too. It's a whole other story. I know that you <laughs> like to add a scotch bonnet from time to time. Can you tell me about how you go about doing that and when you may or may not? Yeah, and uh, but I say optional because sometimes, I mean, people just are careless. You know, when you put the scotch bonnet, you want it mm-hmm. to kind of dance, to swim into the stew, but you don't want it to break into the stew. You know, that's different. You know, you put a whole scotch bonnet, you just take the stem off and you put the, you wash it and you dump it in the stew. That's the technique Are you seeding it first? Are you removing no, any of the seeds? No. Oh, so you so don't seed it. Take off the stem, drop it off whole. Exactly, let it simmer, exactly. It? And you leave it and it dances inside the stew. And from time to time, when you use your wooden spoon to stir, you make sure you stir around the scotch bonnet. You make sure you don't break that scotch bonnet into the stew because that's when it becomes way too hot and you can't enjoy your stew. You want that 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 floral uh, from the essence from the scotch bonnet, but you don't want that heat burning. The heat is there for at the end when we're serving. And Marie, at the end, when she serves the stew, the scotch bonnet is on the top of the stew and for the brave ones to take and you just tap the scotch bonnet on top of it the scotch bonnet or the habanero whatever chili you've used and for anyone who's having a hard time kind of picturing what it looks like to kind of stew the the scotch bonnet without breaking it think about the way that you would stew bay leaves and Uh into a soup or a stew the same way that you're not trying to break up the bay leaf into small little pieces the the same way we're not trying to break up the scotch bonnet into small little pieces just yet we want people to be able to like choose their own heat choose their own adventure and if they want to get tackled by the heat and flavor then that's when they can break up the, the the scotch bonnet and mix it into everything else pierre thank you so much for sharing this recipe 
It's my pleasure, Jesse. Always. Pierre Thiam is a chef, activist, and the founder of Yulele, a sustainable African food company. You can find that recipe for Aunt Marie's Fouille, that's F-E-U-I-L-L-E, on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. And hey, if you liked what you heard today, take a minute to let us know. Like, subscribe, it makes a big difference for us. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Josh Savajo, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Joanne Griffith, and Alex Schaffert. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic.